Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. It's a brand new year, and what better time to get going with that online store you've been thinking of? Those I was there when Arsenal actually scored a goal t-shirts would fly off the shelves right now. And to get yourself up and running, you need Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way through to the did we hit a million order stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms, and sell more with less effort with thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Sign up for a $1 a month trial period at shopify.com slash arsblog, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash arsblog now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash arsblog. This is Arscast Extra. Welcome to another Arscast Extra in this week of Arscast Extras. As always, with James from Gunnerblog, good afternoon to you, because it is afternoon. Yes. It is afternoon now, at least in this part of the world. And in this part of the world, too. What a remarkable coincidence. Incredible. We're on the same timeline. We certainly are. We're a little it's bit... It's Thursday. Pres- I know. It's, it's, where's the week gone? It's flying by. It is actually flying by, to be honest. Mm. I've barely noticed it. Well, that's uh, good. But anyway, carry on. Sorry, I'm, I'm, you know, we're running out of material. So what, what have you been up to? What's going on? Nothing much. Not been up to much. I mean, obviously I was, you know, sitting around here waiting for you all day to arrive. Obviously. Well, you know, obviously. Because I've got literally nothing else to do. Apart, I made a sauce. That was good. A sauce. Ooh, lovely. Mm. What sort of sauce? Uh, kind of chilli and tomato pasta sauce with uh, Parmesan meatballs, which is down there cooking away, simmering away for hours at this point. So I'm going to have lovely. that. Going to have that for lunch. Nice. Um, I like it. Yeah. What have you been doing? I have mainly been nursing this shoulder. I tell you, it's not getting any better. Oh, no. Did you go to the doctor? No, that would be too sensible. What right. I have done is put that really weird smelly stuff on it. That seems to be doing something. I've just whacked that on just before we start the podcast. Do you know what I mean? Like the sort of deep heat kind of thing. Yes, I was going to say something much smellier than that. But yes, I think we all know that you mean <laughs> deep heat. Uh, yes. And it's quite an intoxicating aroma, actually. Like, I, um, I, I love it. I love the smell of deep heat. It reminds me of naked hairy men and football dressing rooms. 
But what could be better? No, absolutely. What could be better? Yeah, it's just evocative imagery. Yeah, you know, from all those years of playing football and you're going out and you're slathering a bit on your hamstring uh, and it makes clearly no difference whatsoever to a hamstring injury if you're trying to play with one, but it feels like it does. That's the great oh, thing it, about and, it. And it smells great. Mm. It does, it uh, does. So we didn't get a favour from Everton last night? No, we didn't. They were pretty poo, weren't they? Mm. I mean, who would ever have thought? I mean, they've been absolutely useless, haven't they? Um, yeah. But there you go. So what does that leave us? That leaves us needing something from a Newcastle team that are already relegated. Do you think the shackles might be off? They might have some freedom now to play the football they really want to play? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd, I'd love to believe that, but I don't really, to be honest. Um, so, yeah. I don't think... I mean, Rafa Benitez's teams always look a bit shackled, whatever's happening. Yeah, so what we need is for uh, Newcastle to win on Sunday and for us to win, or if Newcastle can get a draw against Tottenham, we need uh, to win by 13 goals against Aston Villa. And if that doesn't happen... Now. Mm, if that doesn't happen, then we finish third, provided we get at least something from our game. Uh, and we can, of course, be overtaken into third place if we lose to Aston Villa and Manchester City win. Their goal difference would suggest that they're going to finish third and not us. So it's open. We could be third, fourth or second, depending on, on what happens and what the fates decide. There we go. It's all to play for. Mm. Um, and City... City or United could be fourth, basically, depending on how they get on, respectively. It looks like it's going to be City, though. Surely. They yeah. need to get something from Swansea, I think. Do you have any preference out of those two? I don't know. I mean, I think from, from just the pure... Like, if United got in and also won the FA Cup, would they be more inclined to keep Louis van Gaal? A manager who's, you know, for things is not working. It hasn't worked there for him. But, you know, he's just that, just done enough to keep his job. And that way they wouldn't bring in a new manager next season. And then Pep Guardiola arrives to a Manchester City side playing in the Europa League. I think that would be quite funny. Oh, I think it'd be very enjoyable indeed, yeah. yeah. I would like that. And you want, and you want to see Louis van Gaal uh, stay in charge, do you? Well, yeah, because you know he could do more Chewbacca noises and uh, talk about sex masochism. Who knows what he'd be talking about? He is quite entertaining, really. <laughs> You know, I know Manchester United fans probably won't agree with me, but, you know, for the rest of us, he is hes quite entertaining. And I don't think that he's going to make Manchester United into a title-winning force. Now, those could be famous last words, but, you know, I'd like to see him bumble along for another season. So what, why, what would your preference be there? Hello? Oh, I lost you there. Oh, I'm still here. Oh, that was weird. I was... I you're still here. What would my preference be? Yeah. Um, I'd probably... I mean, I would find it very funny if Guardiola was managing in the Europa League. I would find that very funny. Mm. But I think I almost worry that if United make the top four, I don't know, I worry about a potential resurgence at some point. Van Gaal or no Van Gaal. Mm. Keep them out of it for now. Keep them on the on the back foot. Right. Yeah. Well, OK, we'll, we'll see what happens. Sunday will be an interesting final day of the season. The final day of the season, unfortunately, that won't include Danny Welbeck. Bad news for him yesterday ruled out for, well, nine months. His recovery is expected to take nine months. Whatever he's done to his cartilage, he's pretty much fucked it. He's, I mean, he's really fucked it, yeah. Mm. I mean, that's going to be, you know, he's been back for three months, picked up another injury. It's going to be three months playing time in two years, really, isn't it? Yeah. Um, it's, it's a real, real blow to him. And 
and I think probably to his Arsenal career. I mean, we were talking about it the other day, and mm. of the three strikers we've got in the squad, he's the one who was sort of in the best position going into next season. Yeah. Uh, and now, obviously, he falls right out of contention. Arsenal will probably have to buy to replace him because he's going to miss most of next season. It's a, a worrying state of affairs and a real shame. Yeah, it really is. feel very, very sorry for him because he is a good guy. I think he's a good player. I think he's at the age where perhaps if he was playing a bit more regularly, we might see him develop a bit further. I know his goal-scoring record doesn't, you know, doesn't really make you hugely excited, but I think there's potential there. And certainly in terms of what it requires from us for the summer, what do you think, if we've decided, let's just say that we have decided to let Theo Walcott go, that we're willing to sell him if the right bid comes along. Do you think that this has any impact on that? It's a really good question, you know, and I think it is not a straightforward one to answer because it depends what else you can bring in, doesn't it? Mm. I mean, I take, I see your point. Well, I think the point you're alluding to is that if Walcott's not good enough or he's not the player you want, Welbeck's injury doesn't change that. Um, but it does leave you with a lot more work to do. It means you potentially having to bring in two forwards rather than one. And do we think we can identify the players to do that? Yeah. Um, you know, Arsene's very fussy about who he'll bring in. Can he really find that many, you know, alternative strikers? Uh, I, I do wonder if it will certainly... I think it will give him some cause for reconsideration, definitely. But uh, whether or not it should, I don't know. Do you think Do you think that if you've made your mind up about a player, you might as well let him go in, irrespective? Yeah, I'm sort of of that opinion that if you've, if you've come to the conclusion that you want to sell Walcott, and I think the only reason that you're going to sell Walcott is to bring in somebody else. You don't just sell him, you, you replace yeah. him. So I think that transaction can still go ahead. What I think it might do is, I suspect we might have been a little more inclined to let Olivier Giroud go this summer. That if we were out there for a striker anyway, we right. would have been perhaps looking at bringing in new striker, using Welbeck as well as one of our striking options. Um, and then perhaps we're open to letting Giroud and, and Walcott go for bringing in a wide forward to replace Walcott. So I think what it might do is change that point of view that that Giroud is going to have to stay. And in that mm. sense, maybe it's not the worst thing in the world because if we do buy a striker, I think we have to. There's no question that we have to go and buy a striker. But I think Giroud is a perfectly serviceable backup striker. Not the A-man, not the guy who's starting week in, week out, but a guy who can start games, score goals, come off the bench and score goals, and who will still be a reasonably effective forward without having to carry the burden of, of being the club's or the team's main goal scorer. So I think that's where things might be a little bit uh, different. Interesting. Yeah, I, I similarly had a hunch that Giroud might be off this summer. Um, but I do think now it would be difficult to do that. And I just, you know, Arsene does like stability in the squad, doesn't he? He won't want to have effectively got rid of all three forwards that he had for this season for mm. next year. So, uh, But if there's money on the table for Walcott and the club have made their mind up about him, then maybe maybe that deal will still go ahead. Yeah, I mean, it's such a shame. Yeah, sorry. No, 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 no. I agree. I was just I was just going to say that you. I don't think you would make the decision on Walcott unless you've already identified somebody who can come in and take his place. 
That's where right. I was going with that. But yeah, you're right. It's a real shame for Welbeck and, you know, on a very human personal level, it's awful for a guy who's who didn't have a really bad injury record at, at Manchester United. Uh, he's missed, what, 10 months from last April to this February mm. and we're mm. looking at another 9, 10 months, probably 12 months before the guy gets properly back up to speed and realistically, you're looking at not next season, but the season after that, where he's really going to feel like a, a top player again because he's got to got to do a preseason. He's got to do all that kind of stuff. It's it's um, it's terrible well, the I way mean, injuries can really affect the player's career. Yeah, in the absolute prime of his career as well, and that'll be effectively you know three seasons really into his Arsenal contract. I don't know the exact length of his contract; could be four years. You know, yeah. So more likely five, but. He's in a position there where suddenly he's got to justify his place in the squad and in a squad that may have moved on for him. We're talking about all this transfer business coming in. Yeah. You know, it's not really the case that we can afford to keep a place open for him. Yeah. Um, and, he, you know, he is a player that I like and I think he's a player that a lot of people like and that Arsene Wenger certainly likes. So it's uh, it's absolutely gutting for him. And mm. I think I'm right in saying it's is it, is it his other knee, actually. Yeah, it's not the knee that had the problem last time around, so... Crazy, you know, and he wasn't even being overplayed, was he? We were we talked about it on the podcast. Why wasn't he picking Welbeck for the games? He was starting Giroud, and people were going, "What's going on? Why is he not picking Welbeck?" And maybe there was a an element of caution to that. Maybe he didn't want to overplay him for fear that something might happen. Now, I assume you wouldn't overplay him for fear he might damage the knee that was already damaged. So, mm. I mean, uh, it raises questions about the injury record as well, doesn't it, overall? Uh, again, something that we find very difficult to make any real sense of. Why do we have so many of these injuries? Why are so many players out for such long periods of time? What could it be? Is it just bad luck? And you look at what happened to Welbeck um, uh, against Manchester City, and it was the kind of challenge that players make all the time. They stick a foot in as they're going down the line or in midfield. You know, it's just it seemed really innocuous. So mm. to that extent, you wonder, is it, is it just bad luck in this case? Um, but when you look at it, when you step back and you look at the bigger picture and you see how many players are injured so often and so much of the time, again, you've got you've to wonder. But I don't think we're any closer to finding the solution, are we? I don't think so. I mean, one thing that just struck me is a player who we haven't talked about who might benefit from this, albeit a, a slightly different type of player, uh, could be Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain maybe. You know, Welbeck, as much as he's an option through the middle, is also an option in the wide areas. Do you think, um, OK, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's fair enough, but do you not think um, that perhaps Alex Iwobi might be the one to benefit from this a little bit more? Maybe, maybe. I just wonder if it might be something that influences mm. whether or not Oxlade-Chamberlain is sold this summer, you know, uh, someone who gives you an option on either flank, which Welbeck can do. Iwobi yeah. stands to benefit as well. Um but I just think, yeah, God, I, I, it must be so, so gut-wrenching for a player who's worked so hard to come back. Mm. And it feels like he's been back such a short space of time and now to face that road again. Um, at least there's lots of people at Arsenal who've been there before and can uh, lend him a word of yeah. support and encouragement, I guess. Yeah, true, true. Another Arsenal player who's not going to be going to the European Championships, Matthew Debushi, has been yes. ruled out apparently with a thigh injury and that's going to keep him out. Uh, of the uh, the tournament, which of course takes place in France this summer, and which is why he was so keen to leave Arsenal uh, in order to play regularly to get a place in the France squad, and now he won't. I mean, how do we feel about that? Is that some sort of karmic retribution, or are we sorry for him? <laughs> no, I wouldn't wish it on him, but I'm not sure I really give a fuck one way or the other. I wouldn't wish that on 
him. He doesn't seem like a particularly bad guy. I mean, uh, I wasn't necessarily uh, impressed by how quickly he wanted to leave when he saw that Bellerin had usurped him in the pecking order. It seemed to me that there was a bit of a lack of fight uh, in that regard, mm. but he didn't seem like a really bad guy. He didn't re- cause any hassles or anything like that. Um, but, yeah, you know. Whatever. I mean, I don't think we'll see him in a, uh, an Arsenal shirt again, really. No, no, I I'd don't think so. I'd be very surprised. I, I also would be very surprised. OK, here's uh, another story. So while we're feeling sorry for Danny Welbeck, that's uh, terrible news, and we wish him a speedy and uncomplicated recovery. Uh, Forbes have released their financial um, do th- doohickey, whatever they call it, um, their projections or their uh, estimations of the value of football clubs and Arsenal are the fifth most valuable football club in world football according to them with a value of over $2 billion. Wow. Which is quite a lot of money. Now, uh, the top um, the top club was Real Madrid with a valuation of $3.6 billion. Uh, Barcelona second, $3.5 billion. Manchester United third, $3.3 billion. Bayern Munich were in fourth, $2.6 billion. And Arsenal just, just over the $2 billion mark. It's a lot of money. It's a whole lot of money. Mm. It makes, it's going to make us that much harder to buy the club for ourselves. Yeah, I know. We've been saving up. I've like got all my coppers in a big jar. Don't think it's going to be enough. Damn. Damn. I mean, uh, it, it, it's uh, incredible, and it shows the, the size of the club, the scale of the club, and really, I guess, the underachievement of the club relative to that. Yeah. I think it puts to shame the the amount of investment that we've had in the squad over mm. the last couple of years. I mean, there has been... I, I totted it up. Since August 2013, we've spent around 155 to £160 million pounds on transfers. Now, I know some yeah. money has come in, etc., and that's not an insignificant amount of money, but ultimately, when you judge what's happened on the pitch and when you judge where we are this season, when you judge what we've done in Europe... For example, how we've made no progress at all in the in the uh, in the Champions League six successive round of sixteen exits. You just have to say that that's not good enough, not enough for a club with the resources of Arsenal. So I wonder, does it? Um, well, I mean, there's pressure anyway. But uh, when you look at these figures in, and uh, add on what uh, Swiss Ramble estimated our cash reserves are going to be come May, somewhere between two hundred and twenty and two hundred and fifty. Uh, million pounds in cash that's our cash balance in the bank mm. I mean just fucking get out there use it yeah well, use what it we, what are we saving it for a rainy day yeah we have enough of those exactly no I, I mean it is it's impressive but it's also frustrating isn't it as a figure yeah um well, I mean, it's uh, impressive it, if the idea is to see how much cash you can save in the bank. Like, well, there's is there no was trophy a, for it, is yeah. there? <laughs> yeah, the most cash in the bank trophy, uh, Arsenal win it for the fourth year or fifth year in a row. But there are no trophies for having the most cash in the bank. Um, you, you get those trophies for doing stuff on the pitch. And, uh, you know, the old cliches about how cash in the bank won't score you a goal or create an assist, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, are very true. They're very true. So um, I think there's going to be, yeah, I think there's going to be even even greater pressure on the club to use those resources. Like nobody's saying go out and spend five hundred million pounds, but they are saying, please, would you spend the money that we do have? Would that be okay? I mean, just use that 
and try and make the squad and the team better. Well, that would, that would seem reasonable. Okay. I think that's fairly reasonable. Yeah. yeah. All right, what else? Um, what else? Uh, anything else catch your eye? Particularly, I'm just looking through the the world of football, seeing what's going on. We talked about Newcastle's relegation. Mauricio Pochettino has just signed a new deal at Spurs. Oh, that will that will uh, that will certainly get Spurs more money next summer when he goes to Manchester United. There you go. And uh, yeah, Daniel Levy will have put some clause in there, I'm sure. Um, Frank de Boer has quit Ajax. Don't know what that means necessarily for Dennis Burkamp. Uh, uh, talk of him going to Everton, isn't there? Oh, really? I haven't mm. seen that. Yeah, so I don't know if if, if Dennis is going to go with Frank De Boer, whether he's going to keep that dream team together, De Boer, uh, Bergkamp and Overmars, who's the director of football at Ajax. Um, we, we'll have to wait and see what, what happens It'd be there. It'd lovely to see Dennis back in English football in some capacity. Yeah. Um, how would you, how would you no, feel I... about Dennis Bergkamp as the assistant manager of Everton? It would be strange, wouldn't it? Yeah. It'd be strange. But, you know, it looks like they're not going to be in Europe next year, so no no big flights for him. <laughs> um, Apart from when they go to Norwich, of course, because everyone has to fly to Norwich. Everyone has to fly to Norwich. It's the only way you can access Norwich. There's a yeah. wall all around it. You have to fly over it. Yeah. Um, no, I, I mean, you know, I think, great, let's get him over in English football, get him used to the Premier League, and then we can nab him to have some sort of role at Arsenal hopefully. bring him home bring him home bring him home indeed yeah. uh, the, the other thing that caught my eye I think it was a tweet from Red Action who have said that of course the lap of appreciation is taking place on Sunday mm-hmm. I saw your video your appreciation with oh the, yes <laughs> yeah, yeah. look at my children um, yes indeed the lap of look at my children but apparently while some of the players are going to bring their children and show off what they created with their own loins and the loins of their partners, of Alexis Sanchez is going to bring his dogs. Is he actually? This is what the tweet said. I'm going to see if I can find it here again. I'm pretty sure it was a, it was a red action. Um, what are they? Red action AFC, I think, is their... Uh, yeah, that's correct. That's it. So if I do a little search for... Yes, big news for the lap of appreciation on Sunday. Alexis Sanchez is bringing his dogs, and there are two dog emoticons. Now, I That's think incredible. that is, you know, just the best. The best. It's definitely worth sticking around for if you if you were considering trying to beat the tube or what have you, you know, beat the tube, beat the traffic, get the tube. <laughs> um, then the sight of some dogs on the Emirates pitch, that should make it all worthwhile, right? Yeah, amazing. Who needs trophies when you've got a couple of dogs out there? Yeah. Uh, yeah, just have them running around. That'll be brilliant. Do a big plop in the centre circle. Get them on Chasing the ball. Chasing some of the players' children, maybe? Yes, that would be great. Or Santi Cazorla, because they mistake him for one of the children. That could it easily be fantastic. But, I mean, dogs on a football pitch is, is truly fantastic. It's a bit like, uh, did a dog ever get into your school when you were in school? No, but that sounds... A seagull flew into a window when I was in a lesson once. Right. But a dog never broke into my school. Did that happen to you? Yeah, it happened in our school. It was amazing. We just heard this pandemonium from outside. There was a dog in there just running around the corridor and everyone was like, Yay! Inside, not even in the playground. Yeah, inside. He'd just come into the school. And it was one of the best things that ever happened to me in school. Incredible. Mm. So Incredible. Uh, hopefully hopefully that will uh, provide something for the fans to cheer on Sunday after the uh, Villa game. That's going to be good. What a warm-up for the Champions League final, that is. Mark Clattenburg is the referee. I mean, just to get you properly 
set up for the intensity of a Madrid derby in the Champions League final, the biggest game in European football between two clubs that absolutely hate each other, two sets of players that probably hate each other too, one manager in particular who's going to uh, going to try and exploit that in the most cynical way possible, a game between Arsenal and already relegated Aston Villa. There's there's no preparation like that. It's going to be quite the come down for him, isn't it? Mm. After after the, the highs of the Arsenal Villa game to yeah. have to go and do a Champions League fight. It's going to feel like a chore. Really is. It really is. Okay, well, look, uh, that's the end of, of part one. Part two, we're, we're going to do some stuff. We're going to try and quick fire as many questions as we possibly can. I have loads of questions today, so we'll try and do quick fire answers to as many of those as we can. Some of them are interesting. Some of them are about football. Some of them are most definitely not. Um, but we'll go through all those and when we return in part two. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. It's a brand new year, and what better time to get going with that online store you've been thinking of. Those, I was there when Arsenal actually scored a goal t-shirts would fly off the shelves right now. And to get yourself up and running, you need Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way through to the did we hit a million order stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort with thanks to Shopify magic, your AI powered all star. Sign up for a $1 a month trial period at shopify.com slash arsblog, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash arsblog now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash arsblog. Welcome back to part two of this Arscast Extra brought to you today by cornerstone.co.uk. They make you shave better and more cost-effectively. It helps the podcast. Check them out, cornerstone.co.uk forward slash arsblog. I haven't shaved for ages. I do have a Cornerstone razor. They sent me one. It's lovely. It's got my initials on it, but it's great. But I haven't shaved for about two and a half weeks, three weeks now, so I'm a bit like a bit hairy. But there you go. A bit hairy. A bit hairy on the face. Yes. Get on that cornerstone, mate. Get yeah. sorted out. I will, I will. All right. Okay. Loads of questions, and uh, I'm going to do them now. I've got millions of them. What we're going to do is try and get through as, as many as we possibly can. Um, where is my 
Facebook thing here. So here's the first question, James. Um, mm-hmm. I should have had this one Fire prepared. Away. I should have had it prepared. All right. Where is it? Where is it? I've lost it. Okay, hang These on. Pesky questions. Pesky questions. All right, this one is uh, from Facebook, from Alex Riches. And he says, My girlfriend has overheard several Arscast extras and claims that she's only ever heard you talk utter nonsense. How do you guys respond to such harsh and clearly inaccurate criticism? I mean, I'll be honest, I'm not sure it is harsh or inaccurate. Um, I think she sounds quite astute, to be honest. Do you think she means about football or do you think she means just the stuff that isn't about football? I don't know. Both, both, I would say, are nonsense a lot of the time on this show. I, I would, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, so I guess I, w- I guess I would hold my hands up and say, look, yes, it is absolute nonsense, but at the end of the day, we're here, aren't we? Yeah, we're every the day ones, this week. Yeah, we're doing it, and you're the one just sitting there listening to the nonsense. The, who's the worse? jokes on you? Yeah, who's worse? The people that talk the nonsense or the people who listen to the nonsense? The people who download the nonsense—they're the, they're the real idiots. We just chat in. Once we've said it, it's gone. It's in the ether. Yeah. But then if you've deliberately downloaded and deliberately listened to it, I mean, she hasn't. To be fair, she's just had it inflicted on her by mistake. Yeah. I, I apologize. Yeah. If you're listening now. You'll be shaking your head. You'll be like, this is some of the worst nonsense I've ever heard on the show. Yeah. At least there was a high quality of nonsense when they were doing just one a week. Now it's just the end of days, bottom of the barrel, bullshit nonsense. Yes. All right. Exactly. Uh, uh, Marina Osborne says, well, what's the most annoying thing you've seen at a football match this season? She says, I took my sister to a match and she ate egg sandwiches throughout the 90 minutes. Should football fans be screened for offensive sandwiches at the gates? That is annoying. I would say it's not particularly original, but I saw a guy with a selfie stick who was holding it across the view of another fan to try and get photos of himself, and he kept taking selfies of himself with other supporters who did not want to be in the selfies. Um, Oh. Yeah, that was quite annoying. Like, when they were singing, he would sort of film them using his selfie stick as if to be like, look, football fans. And uh, I think it made them feel a little bit self-conscious. Right. So I, I wasn't a fan of that one. That would be very annoying. I was wondering how many fucking egg sandwiches did she take in for 90 minutes? She must have had, like... Uh, she ate them consistently across the whole 90 minutes. You know what she had? That's a she, bag of yeah. egg sandwiches. She must have had... You know when the, uh, somebody uh, gets kidnapped or there's a ransom on a TV show and they have those cool silver briefcases and they open them up and there's just stacks of dollars all beautiful mm. and stacked inside. I'd say she had one of those just filled with egg sandwiches. Yes. Mm. So I would yes, say, I uh, think that's yeah, on, on top of that, though, the annoying the annoying things are the people who arrive 10 minutes late and you have to stand up and let them across. And then the people who, same people, of course, who arrive late, go out five minutes before the end of the first half. And then they... Oh, that annoys me a lot. Yeah, just and, half time, and then yeah. the second half kicks off and you think, oh, they're not coming back. And then 10 minutes into the second half, they come back. And then 10 minutes from the end, they go off again. So you're standing up and standing up for people who don't really actually want to be there. So I think that's the, uh, that's the annoying one. That is very annoying. That right. is very annoying. Uh, on, on. Okay, all right. Uh, Elski, at Real Elski. Beetroot on a hamburger, yes or no? No. Absolutely not. <laughs> Unquestionably. Cheese on a hamburger. That's my opinion. Yeah, all right. Andrew Turner, who is at Art Turner 101, wants to know, having seen Vermalen linked to a return on clickbait sites, who okay. still playing would you like to return? Ooh, who's still playing? Mm. 
Okay, I'm going to answer for, for me. Go on. Sesk. I'd like him back. I'm sorry. I would. Yeah. Yeah, that would be nice. Um, I'd have Colo back just for a last hurrah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd have Colo as the solution to our striking problems. Yeah. Um, I loved Colo Torre with all my heart. So and, it and was, yeah. Go on. He really hated William. <laughs> to see him return. <laughs> he really hated William Gallas as well. He did. He had that going for him as well. Yeah. But I, I'd agree with you as well, Cesc. I mean, you know, for for all he's done. I, I wouldn't mind seeing him back in an Arsenal shirt. Mm. Uh, Codshops81, at Codshops81, has uh, photoshopped us as Wayne and Waynetta. Lovely. <sighs> you are Waynetta, I'm afraid. And there was one yesterday. I couldn't find it again this morning when I looked, but somebody had photoshopped us into uh, the Titanic with Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio and Kate Winslet, that scene where she is holding her arms out and he's standing behind her, probably with a bit of a stiffy. Yeah, they don't yeah, say yeah, yeah. specifically, but he probably has. It's not. It's not in the script, but I mean, it's sort of implied. Isn't yeah, it, it is. Uh, and uh, I was the Leonardo DiCaprio, and you were Kate Winslet, and he wanted to know why is James always the girl? I, I that is a really good question. Yeah, it, maybe because I've got less facial hair. That could be it. <laughs> that could I mean, be it. All right. Know, seems to make sense. I also, you know, I've got I've got a, quite a feminine energy, and I'm I'm proud of it. Yeah, I, look, I love it, man. It's uh, it's part of our our, our dynamic. I think it's what makes dynamic. it all work. It's yeah. important. Yeah, exactly. Um, what? Okay, more questions. Yeah, sure. Okay, this one comes from uh, at Gunner Punner. Who do you think Wenger's ideal striker would be for this team if he could have anyone from history? Oh, that's a really good question. Anyone from history? Mm. Well, I mean. It's tempting to say Thierry Henry. He wasn't bad, was he? Yeah. Um, but that was a different team. Oh, my doorbell. Hi. You, have you got the music? Can you make the music happen? I can. I'll go and answer it. You and do. I'll come back. All right. Cool. Bye. -bye. Hello, you're back. I'm back, I'm back. Anyone interesting? It was Owen. Owen, hey! Who's yeah, Owen? Yeah, of all the people. Who's Owen? It doesn't matter, really. He's all just right. a guy. He's just a guy. He's Welsh. He's Oh, he's, he's an O-W-E-N Owen. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the Irish Owen. Not the one with all the vowels, no. Yeah, all right. Okay, so who's your e striker? E e who's your striker? <sighs> oh, I, I'd have forgotten all about it. Right. Uh, do you know what? I mean, uh, Thierry Henry, I said, didn't I? Um, yeah, I, I, I'm actually going to stick with that. I'm going to stick with that. Who have you got? Uh, I thought Messi. I think he would go for Messi. If he could. Really? Do you? Yeah. yeah. Probably. Or maybe if he was being like a real uh, go back in history and, and this is the kind of striker that I want... Uh, he might go for somebody like Gerd Muller. Okay. Famous German. I, I, You'd never know he was I, German by the name, by the way. No, I know, exactly. Um, I, I, the only reason I think Henri maybe is that uh, just that physicality. I wonder if, you know, in the Premier League and 
I mean, I'm, I'm not saying Messi wouldn't do well in the Premier League. Let's be clear about that. But I just wonder, you know, we, we play with a sort of sole striker now. If you want someone who can sort of, you know, take the ball. Yeah. I don't know, hold off a defender a bit more. But who knows? I mean, listen, if you're offering me Messi, I'm definitely not going to turn it down. All right. OK, Mike Snow, who is uh, a relation of Jon Snow. No spoilers. You know nothing, Mike Snow. No. He wants to know, with Arteta leaving and Per not a consistent starter, who should wear the captain's armband next season? A lot of people have been asking about that. Yeah. It's been Koscielny of late, hasn't it? But yeah. I, I don't know. That doesn't feel quite right to me. I, I have a sneaky feeling he might throw it Wilshire's way. Do you really? Hmm. Wow, that would be a hell of a call, wouldn't it? Yeah, I don't know why. I just kind I mean, of... He gave him the number 10 shirt. Yeah. And he gave that he, and he gave that to Gallas, and then he got the armband. Maybe that's the pattern. This is exactly And Van Persie. Yeah. I think I'd be tempted by Petr Cech. Goalkeeper captain. Hmm. Not mm. sure. Yeah. Well, I think we know Arsene Wenger doesn't really care about who's captain. Because he gave it to Theo yeah. Walcott at one point this season, so that pretty much I mean, sums up what you. Th- the final evidence, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. But um, I who, do wonder who, who, if there's a new era. If, for example, Per moves on in the summer, which I'm not sure he will, but I do wonder if he might look to give the captaincy to somebody younger, uh, and uh, if he thinks Wilshire can stay fit. Would Ramsey be a contender? I don't think so. He's not the most vocal, certainly. No. But then, nor was Patrick Vieira, you know. Yeah. Um, but Vieira was, in general, a bit more forceful than Ramsey. He had a bit more of an aura, no? Yeah. 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 I mean, there aren't many contenders, are there? It's it's a tricky one. Um, it's almost as if we lack leaders. Yes, almost. Um, almost. I think... Yeah, I'd be loath to go. Do you think it will go to Mertesacker if he stays in the squad and he'll sort of be like an Arteta-esque captain even if he doesn't play every week? A club captain, yeah, maybe so. Maybe so. I mean, he's the vice captain and he's an experienced player, popular and what have you in the dressing room, so maybe. But again, uh, it depends on who's available, who's fit, who's not. But I just have a sneaky feeling about Wilshire somewhere along the way. Okay. Okay, my sneaky feeling will be towards Jack, but All right. we shall see. All right, well, on that, Arsenal's Voice at Arsenal's Voice wants to know, what is more likely, Theo leaving and becoming the top scorer in the Premier League or Wilshire staying fit for a full season? Uh, Theo leaving and becoming top scorer in the Premier League. <laughs> you think that's more likely than Jack Wilshire uh, staying fit for a full season? Genuinely, yeah. Right. For, when we say fit for a full season, do we mean zero injuries? Yeah, I, I think we probably mean, like... He can play every game. Yeah, more or less. Like, you know, the player misses a game here or there because of suspension, maybe a little bit of a an injury. But let's say 85% of, of the games he's available for. Let's say he doesn't get a single injury that for, for which the absence is three weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I can't see that. I mean, I you know, I like Wilshire and I think he's... You know, obviously a good player, but I, I do think he's someone who is vulnerable to injury almost as much because of his style of play as any kind of uh, physical issue. So uh, I think it's something you just have to accept with him in the squad, you know. Right. Um, and Walcott, for all his flaws, you know, Jamie Vardy, you know, is not a dissimilar player and he's right near the top of the Premier League charts. So if someone uses him appropriately and he's motivated enough, could happen. I don't think it's going to happen, but it could. <laughs> you? You don't know. You think no chance. I think uh, Wilshire stays fit. You think fit. it's more likely Wilshire will be fit? Yeah. 
I mean, I just can't see Wilshire ever staying. Oh no, fit, neither can I. But I still think that's the more likely out of the two. Maybe, maybe. I mean, well, there's a lot of other strikers in the Premier League who could be top goal scorer. There certainly are. Okay, this one comes from We Are the North Bank at North Bank Lore. And he says, Ray Parler says in his book that he used to take Overmars to a social club in Romford. Can you reenact that, please? So you you be uh, you be Ray Parler and I'll be Mark Overmars. Okay. I'll be honest with you, though, and I'm about to give something. What happens in a social... I don't even know what happens in a social club. I think people get drunk and talk and Fine. play play um, board games. Don't well, I'll be Ray Parler. Okay, you be Ray Parler and I'll be Mark Overmars. Can you do a Mark Overmars accent? Absolutely. Right, I can't do a Ray Parler accent, so let's let's do it. All right. All right, all right Mark. All right, mate. Do you want to come down to the social club with me in Romford? Yes, I do. Right, let's go in. Oh, look, there's Big Tony. He's playing darts. Do you like darts, Mark? Oh, I, I certainly do, but I prefer a game of bridge. Fuck off, mate. It's darts or nothing, or you get a fucking dart in your eye, son. <laughs> now drink this pint through your arsehole with a straw. But that's not a pint of pims. I wanted a pint of pims. Listen, mate, you're not in Never Neverland anymore. F- fucking hell, get this lager down you, you cunt. Right, now you're the dartboard over Mars. <laughs> Everyone line up. Oh, that's it. <laughs> Chuck oh, stuff at him. Oh, oh. He's only little. Throw a chair at him. This is England. This is England, mate. Welcome. I oh, know, I love you, though. I love you. I love you. Ah, no, you're great. I love you. I love you too. Something like that. Yes, yeah, I, think, like that. I think that's how yeah. it went. Because we know. I'm Mark, sure that's how. Yeah, it went. Mark Overmars used to go out uh, disguised as um, Mrs. Doubtfire. That's how he wouldn't exactly. get recognised around London. That's how he could drink in all the social clubs. I think we pretty much nailed that one. Okay, S at Atwood Ten wants to know how important do you think the potential for horseplay and general banter is when signing a new player? I think it's absolutely in, imperative. Yeah. Um, do, do you mean? Do they mean within the squad, or just like for us as fans? I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, perhaps on many levels. On all Look, those levels. I mean, uh, I don't know though, actually, because by all accounts, Emmanuel Abue was the king of banter, wasn't he, in the mm. Arsenal dressing room? Very popular. As was Lucas Podolski, and yet both had to be shipped out for being a little bit rubbish. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the thing. You can't imagine, for example, Lionel Messi being a keen practical joker. Wasn't there that brilliant picture of a... Was it this season or last season where the Barcelona are celebrating a 5-0 win over Real Madrid? They're in the dressing room. All the players are dressed in their in their finery. Or they've got, like, big glasses and uh, bizarre jackets and mad shoes and crazy colours and all mm. kinds of things going on. Earrings, n- necklaces, you know, hyenas as pets and all that kind of stuff. And Lionel Messi is standing there in a pair of beige slacks and a grey jumper looking like a trainee accountant. So I'm not sure he's mad for the banter, but be great at the old football. Same as Mesut Ozil. Look at him, you know, excellent at football. Not strong on the banter, I would imagine. No. That's why he has to have Flamini with him. (laughs) Flamini is the inverse. Yes. The yin to his yang. Um, so initially I thought yes but maybe actually on reflection the footballers who associate with banter are often a little bit rubbish so maybe no need for them alright here's one from Brian at Gunner Faithful and he says since it is National Limerick Day could you do a limerick about James Blunt 
Okay. I think I can do this. Go on, I'm ready. Right? So, James Blunt. Need a limerick about James Blunt. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, a man called James Blunt was a singer. Mm-hmm. His song, Beautiful, put us all through the ringer. Very good. He's, Very good, right? He's quite a tweak geezer. He lives in Ibiza. Uh. And his favourite dog breed is a Springer. Excellent. Yes! Get the fuck Incredible. In there. I think that's exactly what he was looking for there. I think that's what he was looking for. I think when he changed James Blunt, he was like, I hope there's a Springer Spaniel rhyme in there yeah. somewhere. Yeah. Uh, he's going to be absolutely chuffed with that. Absolutely. James Blunt, a uh, uh, limerick about James Blunt. Whew. Just amazing. Nailed it. Also, what an absolute cunt James Blunt is. <laughs> he's very funny on Twitter, though. He is very yeah, funny. he is, actually. Yeah. No, he's, he's really good. I, 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 yeah, follow him if you're not. He's very self-effacing. Yes. He people, probably would enjoy us saying that about him. He probably would. Maybe he'd, he'd like that like, limerick. Yes, he'd love that limerick. He'd probably have it on his gravestone. <laughs> That's someone, uh, someone uh, who uh, other people on Twitter will probably try and put him into, because he does get quite a lot of abuse. He's very good with it, though. Yeah. He's very good with it, though. And as someone who gets quite a lot of views on Twitter myself, I've got nothing but admiration for him. <laughs> uh, all right, then. What else are we looking at here? Um, okay, I did that one. Have you got any? I've got some. Okay. Is the idea of Alexis Sanchez as the central striker completely dead, and should it be? Yes, it is. And I do wonder why we maybe didn't try a little bit harder with it, but... Yeah, I think it probably is dead. We gave on it, up on it pretty quickly, didn't we? We, we gave did, it all, yeah. Almost as quickly as we gave up on Podolski through the middle. Yeah, he got, what, um, 72 minutes? Something, something like, like that. that. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, I, I'd, I'd, I'd probably give it another whirl, but, you know, that's just me. Why not? Um, this is... I don't know if we... Have we done this before? Alan Brochen... Brochen? Brugen has asked for our all-time Arsenal eleven. Have we done that before? Yeah, about seven times. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mine's mine's Abue, Sandros, Galas, Clichy. Yeah. Um, Fabianski. I've got Guillaume Warmers in goal. Oh, right. Oh, well, you yeah. were big there. Uh, in midfield, I've got um, Guy Demel, who I don't know if ever he ever played for us, but he eventually turned up at West Ham. I've got Fran Marida. Uh, and then I've got uh, Grimondi. All Obviously. right, nice, my, nice midfield trio, yeah. And then my attacking three, I've got um, Fabian Caballero, Cavadiawara, <laughs> and Yaya Snoga. Oh, really? I would have, I would have just snuck Nelson Vivas into that front three there, just to, oh, you know, yeah. as my false nine. Fair enough. He would be great. Fair enough. That's a good call, to be fair. Um, I, I haven't got anything else. I haven't really got anything else. Okay. Uh, oh, this. Go on. Hang on. This is weird. I mean, I haven't read this question in, out in my head yet. I'm just going to read it out as live. It's okay. really long. All right, go on. On the eve of the Community Shield, the uh, this is from Matthew Howarth okay. at Flat World's Edge. On the eve of the Community Shield, the Earl of Hell comes to you. Who's the Earl the of form- Hell? Just listen. All right. In the form of a seven-foot-tall Burmese cat with a waistcoat and pocket watch. Okay. Time stops. If you agree to massage the harbour seals of Howth for one minute under the cat's sinister, supercilious officiating, Arsenal's victory in that game is certain. 
What game? Right. The Community Shield. Right, yeah, 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 the Community Shield. Okay. And that, oh, I'm looking at this question. It's the Harbour Seals of Hoth, which is a fishing village north of Dublin. Oh, OK, I didn't right. know that. Mm. So too, with each subsequent competitive fixture, the cat will come to you to offer this bargain. With Earth's time stopped, you must massage the lugubrious pinnipeds of Hoth. <laughs> But each time for twice as long again, thus for two minutes ahead of our second game, then four, then eight, and so on, always under the intrusive, sneeringly nauseating stare of the cat, yet always guaranteeing Arsenal's victory in their next game. If you had to state a set number of future games for which to hold this pact, for how many would you commit now? And would you win us all four trophies next season? Oh, my goodness. Now, it strikes me that when you think about it, it's probably not a lot of time, but it I, I guess it is. So one by two. I don't know how that sequence goes. Two, four, eight, so, 16. Yeah, yeah, so how many games are in a season? There are, let's say if you're going to win the Champions League, what, 50-something games? Yeah. So I'm just going to... I mean, uh, it's a lot. Okay, it's you're making funny of, noises a, there. It's my stomach. I don't know what's going on. I think you could be hungry. So I've done it about, let's say I've done it 25 times. Okay. All right. And I've now got a total of 4,194,304 minutes. I'm just making it twice as long each time. So if I put, uh, let me put this in here, 4,194,404 minutes in hours that's it's it's, it's about 70,000 hours 70,000 hours so that many hours uh in days it's 29,000 something days just to get like about 20 games won um and that is of course 79 years so we'd be We'd be at it for fucking... I mean, do we age while we're massaging these seals? I I don't think I can do this. No, nah, neither can I. <laughs> Fuck you, cat, I'll, Earl of Hell. I'll deal with the big guy, not just some Earl or a Duke or some other kind of low-life royalty from hell. If you're going to make a deal... the king of hell. You do it with the fucking big man, old fucking Satan himself. Then you could make a deal. I agree with you. Yeah. I agree with you. I could get probably about as far as 128 minutes of seal massaging. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe if we got to the end of the season and we really, really needed to win as many games as 128 minutes collectively would get us, I'd be prepared to do that for Arsenal. That's eight games, I think. Yeah. I mean, even then, yeah. what are these seals like? Are they nice to the touch? I don't really know. I mean, they're they're in the harbour. They're very friendly. You can go out to Hoth and you can buy fish from the fish shops and then the, the seals are there and people feed the seals. And they, I mean, they're big, fat fucking seal guys. That's, you know, I don't know. I, I kind of guess they'd be kind of slimy. Okay. Well, fuck you, Earl of Hell. We're not interested. Yeah. No we'll just way. lose all our games like normal. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we don't have to do anything. Question for you from right. at Lionel Cox. What would you have for a pet? A dolphin or a parrot that only sings Phil Collins songs? Oh, fuck. A dolphin. Keep it in the bath? Yeah, well, you could, like, I'll just keep him in a big tank out the back. 
Whereas a parrot could he, go anywhere. He could just be in your house. He could be hiding in your closet. He could be everywhere. I can feel it coming <laughs> in the afternoon. Can you imagine? Ah. Just like peering at the window. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. Absolutely the dolphin because I could keep the dolphin very far away or I could just, you know, go somewhere where the dolphin can't go because dolphins, as we know, aren't yet capable of uh, of uh, appearing on land, despite... It's a matter of time. Yeah, despite what some Simpsons episodes might tell you. Okay, final one. I think we got to do the final one. And this one comes from... I had it here by email. Oh, I sent it on to you. Okay, yeah, it's from Lewis Dean. Oh, uh, yeah. And he said... If you could put together an Arsenal eleven comprising only Hollywood actors, who would you select in each position and why? Okay, and it's the it's the actors themselves, not the parts they've played, right? I guess, I guess. But I I think you could probably combine the two. Like you could say X actor from this. Okay, so start with goalkeeper. Yeah. Have you got one? Yep. Go on, Sylvester Stallone. Okay. Because we, that... we already know he's a fucking brilliant goalkeeper. He saved he is... a penalty from a German in escape to yeah, victory. That's very good. I can't argue with that. Mm. I mean, I, I was I was thinking, I like goalkeepers who shout a lot. I was thinking which actor would be good sort of barking out instructions. Maybe like Russell Crowe in Gladiator, you know? Mm. Just on my signal, all that sort of thing. <laughs> I quite like that. But we Stallone's got the pedigree. Yeah. Fine, we'll go with him. We'll go with Defense. Him. What formation are we using here? I'm, I've, I've gone like 4 3 3, basically. Okay, it's just a basic 4 3 3, guys. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Um, Centre back. I mean, I'm very tempted by a man whose actual name is The Rock. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. I, I was inspired by Arsenal and chose Laurel and Hardy. Nice. Nice. Hmm. See, I was thinking I would sort of go, in my defence, I'd want sort of the expendables, you know. I wanted, like, Stallone, Schwarzenegger, Vin Diesel, um, that, I don't know, that, Cumberbatch. That, that. <laughs> <laughs> All the hard men of cinema. Absolutely. That other guy, the, the English guy who's in all yeah, of them. Yeah, Statham. 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 Yeah, I, I, I've got that sort of Tony Pudis approach of four centre-backs, do you know what I mean? Four sturdy... Defenders right across the back line. No one's going to mess with that. Yeah, that's um, not bad. Okay, I'll let you have that. You can have Stallone. Oh, no, who did you have? Who was it? I'll have Schwarzenegger. Right. Stallone. No, Sh- Stallone's in goal. Oh, oh, Stallone's in goal. Okay, yeah, I'll have Schwarzenegger, The Rock. The Rock. Vin Diesel and Statham. All right. No I- one's going to mess. Imagine that on set pieces. Yeah, but I, I, want, to sneak a, I want to sneak a bit of flair into the back four. So I'm going to, I'm going to veto one of them. Okay. I'm going to put in... Paulie from The Sopranos. Fine, good call. Just no because he's got, that. you know, a guy who's got that kind of grey streak in his hair, willing to sit outside with a tinfoil thing so he can catch the sun, I think he would be a sterling addition. It gives you something going forward, definitely. All right. Um, right, we need a defensive midfielder. I was thinking, uh, you can you can uh, veto this one if you like, but I was thinking Kathy Bates from Misery. <laughs> Please explain. Because she's, you know, you don't, you don't want to take any nonsense. Kathy Bates in Misery would not take any nonsense from James Caan, the writer who'd been in a terrible car crash. She was like, no, Mr. Man, Mr. Man, whatever she called him. And then when he acted up, what did she do? She didn't fucking, she didn't cry. 
She didn't weep. She didn't feel sorry for herself. No, she fucking broke his ankle with a lump hammer just to teach him a lesson. And that's the kind of no-nonsense approach that you want from your defensive midfielder. Fair play. I'm sold on that. I yeah. like it. Um, what about the other two midfielders? I was thinking, would it be good to get people who've got a good relationship? Do you know what I mean? Like someone who's got a bit of an understanding. Um, I was thinking maybe like Ed Norton and Brad Pitt from... Uh, or Fight Club, yeah. From Fight Club, yeah. It's like, you know, they, they're sort of the yin and yang. They give you a lot of balance in the midfield. Yeah. Or you could go, I don't know, who are the other famous... You could go Brad Pitt, Angelina Jolie. <laughs> you could go, I don't know. Yeah. Decent. Who did you have? Well, I had I had Daniel Day Lewis down for one of them. Okay. Simply because of his approach to acting, he's such a method actor that you would say Daniel Day Lewis, you are a gifted midfield playmaker, and he would just live as a gifted midfield playmaker until he became a gifted midfield playmaker. Like if he could, and he's That's... quite good. He's got a good left foot, as we've seen from previous films. That's true. He could be on the left hand side. I mean, speaking of left wing, I was thinking of getting Christian Bale because he's a Welshman called Bale. I mean, there's got to be an off chance that something good will happen there. Yeah, I had right wing Charlton Heston and left wing George Clooney. See what I did there? <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. I mean, the other thing I was thinking is maybe we could go, I might go DiCaprio up to, um, in the number 10 with Kate Winslet just in front of him. The same formation they use on the top of the Titanic. <laughs> yeah. Yes, but uh, hopefully without the uh, the erection because that would take away from from football. Maybe, or it might put his markers off. You never know. Um, so <laughs> we need a striker. Okay, well, we've got options. What's centre forward? Who did you Who did you have? I had Charlie from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> with a with a with a face full of metallic paint that he's been huffing, because yeah. no defender is going to go near him because he's insane. That is nice. That is nice. Yeah. Uh, I'm just trying to think, is there anyone we've overlooked? I mean, obviously Keanu Reeves in The Matrix. I mean, he's got sort of messy levels of ability, hasn't he? He can do anything. Oh, Nicholas yeah. Cage, I think, just for that sort of Duncan Ferguson mentalist factor. Oh, that would be um, good. Have you ever seen that, that, that film? Uh, you can find the clip on YouTube. And it's Nicholas Cage, and he's sitting in a, like, outside an office, and then he's giving out to this person, and... I don't know what it is that they've done, but he basically recites the alphabet really angrily at them. Have you seen right. that? I don't think I have. Oh, here I'll we have, it out. You know, we've got to do it now. We've got to do it now. Okay. I'm going to find this. He basically just goes, A, B, C, D. It's cr fucking crazy. So he could be he that. Is, yeah. He is enjoyably crazy. He'd be this, you know, like uh, Balotelli or something and leading the line. Okay, here we go. Nicolas Cage teaches the alphabet. This is from... A film called Vampire's Kiss. Let's see if this works. Hang on. Okay. What could be easier? It's all alphabetical. You know, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, Q, R, S, T, U, V, W, X, Y, Z. Huh? That's all you have to do. <laughs> I mean, I want that guy in my team. Yeah. Okay, Char Charlie from It's Always Sunny can go on uh, on the bench. He's on the bench. He's on the bench He's after the that, bench. yeah. Alphabet, Alphabet, Nicholas Cage. So there's our Hollywood 11. I think we've got a, a manager. Um, assistant manager, of course, has got to be Mark Strong because he's Steve Bold, essentially. He is Steve Bold as well and an Arsenal fan too, so yeah. very welcome. And uh, I think manager Kevin Spacey as Frank Underwood from uh, House of Cards. 
Imagine. It would imagine be, it. It would be brilliant. You know, when he did the, does the uh, the after game interview. You know. Oh. Fantastic. T- directly into the camera. Directly into the camera. I think we showed fantastic character today. <laughs> we had a well, little bit well. handbrake on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be good. Yeah, he'd be brilliant. I'd love that. That's a great 11. It is a good 11, isn't it? I like it. Now we need to do is assemble it for the best charity game of all time. <laughs> Leaving aside, of course, some of them might be dead or uh, otherwise otherwise in We'll bring them back. All right. We'll bring them back. Well, look, that's it for Thursday's Arscast Extra. Thank you very much indeed. We're going to record after the press conference tomorrow, so we're going to get all the exciting information ahead of this crucial nail-biting Aston Villa game on Sunday. So that'll there be we good. go. One right. more pod. One more pod. <laughs> Thanks as ever for listening. We'll catch you tomorrow. Bye bye. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.,